start a new series tonight. Obviously, there's a jail in here with a toilet. It's incredible. Please don't use that. It'd be awkward. I gotta go to the bathroom. No, whoa, hey, get out. It's weird. <laughs> Acts 16, verse 22 is where we're gonna start tonight and start the series. If you're talking, I'm gonna ask you to stop because I have bad ADD and you throw me off. Acts 16, 22 says this the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Here's why. Because they pretty much told this girl that she needs to shut her mouth. Literally. Like, lady, shut up. Because she was following them and yelling all this stuff about them and saying all these things. And they turn around and say, hey, stop. Shut up. And then they say, hey, uh, spirit, leave her. And the spirit, like, leaves her. And then everybody gets real mad because she had all these gifts and abilities. And so they get real mad at Paul and Silas because they're in Philippi. They weren't even supposed to be there. And these people get real mad at them. And so the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And they had been severely flogged. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Verse 24, upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul said, don't do it. We're here. Verse 29, then the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, <laughs> not y'all, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and the others in the house. Verse 33, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. So let's talk about what in the world does this have to do with us right now? So verse 22, it says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. If you have a Bible, you're taking notes. Anytime it says Paul and Silas, I want you to underline that or circle it or square, whatever you do. I put a square around mine in my Bible. I also highlighted it because I've read it a few times. It's significant that they were together. So the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Here's the deal. Whenever God wants you to do something amazing, whenever you feel like, man, it's go time. Like I am, I, I, I gotta go. I'm about to go and do something. Maybe life is just going great and things are going wonderful. Your walk with the Lord is outstanding. You're, you're doing what you know is the right thing for him. Let me just tell you, that 
usually means there's going to be an attack. There's going to be an attack of some sort in your life. And just because you are a Christian doesn't mean life is easy. And we see right here that Paul and Silas, they were just going to tell people about Jesus. And they got attacked. Maybe right now you're feeling attacked in some way. Maybe right now the enemy is just making you feel like you are nothing, you're no good, you have no friends, you're this, I can't believe you did that, and you just have this massive guilt. Let me just tell you something, that's an attack. An attack is not always a bad thing. So we need to stop acting surprised when life gets hard. Because life is hard, period. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought if I'm a Christian, everything is going to be okay and it's going to be easy. No. People that say that and are preaching that aren't reading this. There's nothing in here that says, man, life is going to be easy. Life's going to be awesome whenever you accept Christ. It's actually very hard at times. So when you're under attack, what's your response to that? I mean, I mean, truly, if, if you look back in Acts 16, 7, check this out. I'm just going to read it to you. This is not going to show up on the screen. Acts 16, 7 says this. When they came to the border, this is before, this is before where we're at right now. Acts 16, 7 says, when they came to the border of Myasia, they tried to enter, but the Spirit of Jesus would not let them. They wanted, they wanted to enter this certain area. They were like, Paul and Silas like, hey, we got to go. We got to get in there. Let's do this. And Jesus is like, no, you're not going there. You're not doing that. I got other plans for you. You ever been in a place in your life when you're like, man, I have just been totally redirected. Or maybe you've been rejected. Or maybe you've been Outcast, or maybe you felt like, man, I, I, I just got nothing. Sometimes your rejection, check this out, sometimes your rejection is a, on purpose for a redirection in your life. Sometimes whenever you hit and get rejected, that's God redirecting you for something amazing. Because right here, they got rejected from going into this certain area and look how he redirected them. You're like, they got put in jail. I know. It's awesome. No, jail. It's not awesome. Depends on how you look at it. Verse 23. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. You know, sometimes prison or jail, yes, we see it, it has bars, we, we know what a physical jail is, but, but how many of us at times we put ourselves in our own little jail, in our own little prison, in our own little cell? Or how many times do we allow the enemy to kind of put us there? Maybe you screwed up, you did something wrong, and you're like, man, I'm just kind of in this, I've messed up so bad. Because look what it says next. It says that the guard was there to watch them and to make sure they don't do anything. 
The enemy, let me tell you something, spiritual warfare is very real. And the enemy is constantly making sure that he can do things so that you don't do anything for God. And he is watching and he is waiting like a lion just waiting for you to mess up. And the second you give him a little foothold, he attacks. The second you just say, whatever, you fall into the sin or you give in to whatever that is. I mean, it says it right here, guys. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully in their jail. If you believe that you're in a jail right now and you believe that your life is really hard and you believe that you can do nothing right now and you believe that, man, things are just, ah, someone in this room needs to hear this. I promise you. If you don't need to hear it now, you're going to have to hear it later on. And the enemy's like, yes, I got you. And he's watching you and he's waiting. Verse 24 is so awesome. When he received the orders, the guard, the jailer, he put them in the inner cell. He put them, underline that. Highlight that, write that down, Instagram that, tweet that, whatever that. Them, Paul and Silas, together. Why didn't he separate them? Because you know when you're by yourself and you're in jail, maybe you don't know, I don't know. But you know when you're by yourself and you're kind of in a bad place, maybe you're really sad, maybe you're, I'm not really sure what it is, but man, when I know when I'm alone, my mind starts going crazy. You just start thinking things. You're like, man, well, what about this? What about this? You, you just kind of lose it a little bit. You kind of get crazy. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Very rarely do teenagers these days ever do anything alone. Even when you're by yourself, you can text somebody, you can FaceTime somebody, you can whatever. That jailer Put them together. That is huge. Like for me, doing life at times for me is very hard. You're like, yeah, right. No, really. You're like, you play basketball. You tell people about Jesus. You go to camp. Wow, tough life. There's actually a lot more to my life besides that. And it's hard at times. And I'm telling you right now, I could not do what I do by myself. If I did not have my wife to be there for me, to be praying for me, to help me, I'm telling you right now, there's no way in the world I could do what I do. No way. No way. My team, they're incredible. I could not do what I do without them. What about you? Who do you have? If you were to go to jail, if you were to be put in prison, who, do, who would you want to be with? Jesus? Doesn't count. Okay? Cool, spiritual human. Justin Bieber? That's weird. No, like, like really, who would you want to be with in jail? For me? It's weird. But my wife. Hey, I'm in jail. Can you join me? No. Uh, 
Paul and Silas are together. They are together. Who do you have in your life that would be willing to go to jail with you? Or, turn it around, are you the person that somebody would say, you know what, I need you in my life right now? Are you the person that people call when life just hits the fan? When things just fall apart? Are you the one that someone texts? I Sorry, I said call. Y'all don't know what that means. I'm sorry. I, what am I talking about? I'm talking to teenagers. Uh, uh, text, I'm sorry. Who is the person that you, uh, Snapchat, whenever, y'all with me? Are you that human? You should be, Christians. Would, when someone's life has fallen apart, have you ever received that text or that phone call or that message or they said, hey, I need to show up at your house or hey, I need help? If not, you need to look at your life and you need to become that person. Paul and Silas are together and look what they start doing. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. <laughs> it's awesome. They were together. I don't know if they're harmonizing. Jesus, Jesus loves me. This I this. I mean, what? Paul, that is horrible. Bruh, let me take the first part. You just, just kind of singing. I don't know if they were good singers. I have no idea. But if they were separated, what would that have been like? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. They're in jail, y'all. And they're just like, I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. For my family, y'all know this if, you, if you've been around at all. When, when things get hard for our kids, we start singing that right there. Jesus loves me, this I know. We just start singing it over and over and over. And now when Ayler is upset or sad or our, our, our youngest Copeland is crying and things are going on or even I'm sad or my mom, or my mom Erica's sad and all these things, our kids start singing that to us and to each other. Jesus loves me. And they're singing it. That's kind of what we've done in our family since our kids were little. Now when Emerson's like 18, I don't know if I'm going to be holding her like, Jesus loves me. Maybe, I don't know. I will if she let me. I don't know. Jesus loves me. Ayler, he ain't going to let me. <laughs> like, get off me for real. It's weird. But look at that. What's your reaction when you are chained up? Are you singing at all? Are you worshiping at all? Are you going to God at all? Or is, is, is he even a thought in your mind? Or is it just like, God hates me. If God's so real, then why would he do this to me? If God is, if God, if, 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 if and you don't do anything. Let me tell you something. When you're chained up, when your world is, is collapsing, and you feel like you're in a literal prison, you feel like you're in a jail cell, let me tell you something, you better start worshiping. Because that's the only way you're ever going to get out of it. I'm not saying just singing. I'm saying, man, you're just praying. Because look, they were praying and singing. What if this? What if they decided, you know what, let's just, let's give up. What if Silas looked at Paul and said, hey, Paul, let's, 
let's not do this anymore. What are we doing? If God's so real, then why are we in prison? What if they did that? And Paul's like, you know what, you're right, Silas. Let's just wait it out, man. Let's just not worry about this stupid thing that we've been telling people about, this Jesus, this God. You ever done that? You ever just given up? What if they did that? Well, then everything else after this would not have happened. But since they didn't give up, students, check this out. For those of you who are talking, I need you to shut your mouth. Thank you. Since they didn't give up, God used them like crazy. Let's see what happened here. They're singing. Things are going awesome. And the other prisoners, in verse 25, and the other prisoners were listening to them. You know, I'm telling you, your message is loudest when you hurt the most. Your message, when you're in the prison, when you've got the shackles on your feet, and you feel like you can't do anything, what are you saying? How are you reacting? What are people seeing? Your message is loudest when you hurt the most. Other people were like, they're in jail, and they're in prison, and they're singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, in a beautiful harmony. Well, they shackled their legs, and they didn't shut their mouths. Suddenly, verse 26, suddenly there was an earthquake. Jesus, I mean, just starts shaking, going like, what is happening? Jeez, I mean, you're singing louder, they're going crazy. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. You ever had your foundation shaken like crazy? You ever just been in a place where you're like, I can't believe this is happening to me. The foundation of your life is being shaken to the core of who you are. And you're like, I can't take another step. I can't do anything. Something happened to your parents, something happened to a, a, a grandmother, a grandfather, your brother, your sister. Life just hard. And you feel like a foundation of your everything is being shaken. That's what's happening right now. It's because their foundation was shaken, the chains were taken off. And sometimes, y'all, it takes our foundations of our life to be shaken so much so that the chains can actually come off. Because you're going through something hard doesn't mean you need to give up. Maybe you're going through that thing so you can just keep going to him and you can just cry out to him. Just because you're going through something hard doesn't mean your life is over. It means, oh man, God has something and it's go time. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's, chain, everyone's chains came loose. Everyone. What if they gave up? Remember that. What if they said, let's not sing, let's not worship God, let's just sit here and wait it out. Verse 27, the jailer woke up <laughs> Can you imagine? You had one job, bro. You had one job. And there was an earthquake. And the prison doors are open. And everybody's just like this. What's up? Jesus. <laughs> and they're just walking out the doors. Jailer's like, oh, no. This is bad. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, 
because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted to the jailer, to the guard who just watched him in this prison. He said, don't do it. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. Hold on, bro. Chill out. Don't kill yourself. You ever been in that position before? Where someone is literally about to kill themselves? Do you get the call? Do you get the text? Or are you too busy? Or do people even know you love Jesus? Are you that person, Christian? You should be. You should be. He says, don't, don't, don't do it. We're all here. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights. Turn on the lights. That would be cool. We should have done that. We'll do it next time. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Paul, underline that. Turn the lights on. He sees them all there. He falls and he's shaking, trembling. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because he saw in their lives Jesus. They didn't say anything about, hey, you know what? Here's what you need to do while they're in prison. All they did was worship him through the hard times. That's all they did, guys, is they worshiped him through the junk. He said, so what do I need to do to be saved? Maybe you asked the same question. What do I need to do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You and your household. All y'all. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. Verse 33. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Paul and Silas show up at their house. And they're washing their wounds, the jailer. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. They're like, hey, we got some water here. You got a tub? Paul's like, cool if we baptize your whole family? Because here's the cool thing. You just saw it on the screen. When you accept Christ, the first step in obedience is to follow that with believer's baptism. Why? Because it's a symbol that shows that you were dead and you are now alive. It doesn't save you, it doesn't do anything. It's just a symbol to everybody. And they did it right here. The jailer, y'all. The jailer and his family. They came to Christ because Paul and Silas were in a jail and they didn't give up and the foundation shook because they were singing. The doors flew open. The jailer's like, He falls to his knees trembling and he says, what do I need to do to be saved? Just believe in the Lord. They speak to him. They go to their house. He is then baptized. Verse 34, the jailer brought them into the house and made them dinner. He was filled with joy. Y'all know that. Y'all know when you accept Christ, you know what it's like. It's just like, the, it's, it's, he's filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. The first Christians in the city of Philippi 
were the jailer and his family because Paul and Silas didn't give up. That's awesome. That is incredible. Whose life, who is watching you? Whose life can you change by you not giving up? I, I look in this crowd right now and I see some people and I know you're going through it and I know you've gone through it. And I want to, I, I wish I could pull you all up here and hug you and say, man, way to go. You're awesome. Look what you've done. It's happening. I, I see it. I'm not going to say anybody. But in this room right now, there are people that because of how you are staying strong in the Lord through the stuff that you're going through, other people are coming to church, other people have accepted Christ because of you. And it's awesome. And I wanna say congratulations. And I wanna say keep going. And for those of you right now, and you're like, man, I, my life's pretty good. Man, I, you know, I got a nice house, my parents are married, everything's good. Well, let me just tell you something. There's gonna be a moment and you're gonna feel like, man, I'm in a prison. And you're gonna feel like your foundation's been shook to the core of who you are. What's your response? Because people are gonna watch you. And because of your response, other people will respond to him. And so right now, let's pray. I just wanna pray so no one looking around.